I think doing something of real purpose with the language made it easier to stay motivated in learning. By having an ongoing project, it also forces you to get out there. Welcome to Language on Purpose with linguist, teacher, consultant, and veteran language learner, Mary Lynn Kinberg. Here's your host for today's show. Hello, everyone. Our guest today will talk about how a specific ministry project gave her a focus for language learning. Welcome, Hannah. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me. Hannah, tell us about your context and roles. I'm an electrical engineer, and I also do chaplaincy work at Gomi Hospital in Niger, Africa. And your language learning? I've been learning Hausa for almost a year. I took a short course, but mainly I've been working with one and sometimes two language helpers. You call your project the Gifts of Peace. How did you come up with that and what prompted it? In the spring of this year, COVID became a major concern for us in Niger and all throughout the world, really. I sensed a real spirit of fear, not only amongst the local people, but also amongst the global workers at our hospital. I started praying often that the Father would bring us his peace to our hearts and help us to convey peace in this season. And so I asked him about ways to start incorporating evangelism and chaplaincy into my language learning work as well. And I just sense the prompting to start the Gifts of Peace project. Tell us what the project is exactly. This project is done in the hospital in my role as a chaplain. It's called the Gifts of Peace because it centers around the blessing of Numbers in Numbers 6, 24 to 26. That ends with, may he show you his favor and give you his peace. We give the patients soap, fabric masks, and coloring pages with that verse, that blessing. The presentation includes a message of the good news of peace that uses soap as an object lesson. I use Two relevant songs in Hausa as part of that, and one of those songs is actually praying the blessing of numbers through song over the patients. How did the soap figure in? What was the object lesson like? That's a good question. Niger is one of the very poorest countries in the world, so there was an obvious physical need for soap and masks just for the basics in dealing with COVID. Plus the fact that there's another global worker on the site who had already taught some of the women in the community who were believers how to make soap. So it seemed like a perfect fit. In my presentation, I, I explained that soap is needed to remove germs from our hands that can bring sickness to our physical bodies. And I used various forms of dirt to demonstrate that physically in front of them. Water alone is not enough. So trying to help them to understand that they really do need to use soap to really be cleanly and protect themselves from disease. And then I explained that the same is true of sin in our hearts and lives, that we can do many good things. There are good works to try to make the sin go away, but it's just like trying to wash our hands with only water. So we can only really receive healing of our hearts, real forgiveness, and true peace when we accept the perfect blood sacrifice to cleanse our hearts. How did you script the project and go about learning it? I talked through with my language helper what would be acceptable wording, even just how to convey various ideas in ways that people would actually understand what I was talking about. For example, I asked if it was okay to talk about a blood sacrifice 
acetonic person or and if the patients would understand an object lesson with soap or if that would be too confusing. And so I worked with her through that and just talked about what are good ways for people to understand the concepts I was trying to convey. And then we wrote a script based on that input to be at a level I was comfortable with for my language. And then I recorded her saying the entire presentation. And then I practiced saying it on my own many times. And I asked her for corrections. I also used flashcards for the new vocabulary. For example, abundant life or full piece, some of the adjectives I hadn't covered yet, or the word for destruction. These were all new words to me. So I made flashcards, like picture flashcards. I understand that this was a joint project with the other local hospital chaplains. Yes, the, the chaplains have expressed that they really enjoy being a part of this project and they continue to want to do it as long as we're willing to provide the gifts. The gifts provide them yet another door for them to share the good news of peace with patients. The chaplains were the ones that actually requested. I created the coloring page of the blessing in addition to the soap and masks that I planned to do so that the patients would have a more tangible reminder of the blessing that we prayed over them. And what did you request of them? My only request to them was that they use these tools to convey the good news of peace and incorporate the blessing from numbers. The chaplains had the freedom to choose their own stories or ways to express the message in the way that they felt most comfortable with to express the message of peace using the gifts. And so you also spent time with each chaplain, right? Yeah, I actually spent a day with each of the chaplains listening and watching how they chose to share the message. And then I would spend a day with them on it, sharing the message in the way that I had developed with my language helper. Did you memorize it? I never completely memorized the script. At first, I read it pretty much word for word. But as I went on, I became more comfortable with the content and then just relied on my notes. That's just my personal preference. I think there are some people that preach just extemporaneously off the cuff, but I'm more one that wants to follow notes. So that just worked well for me. Since I'm probably at an early intermediate level, I always worked with another Native chaplain as well. Every couple of lines, I would ask the patients in the room, do you understand? Or ask a simple question to try to indicate if they were understanding. And then I give the other chaplain with me a chance to clarify anything. And that seemed to work really well. They loved being able to work together in in that effort. I felt like that was important to make sure the message was communicated clearly to the patients and they could get answers to any questions that they might have that I wouldn't have been able to answer due to my language limitations. And like I said, it also helped my language helper to be really involved. They, both of them that I worked with, loved to tell the good news and Yeah, a chance to be very active participant and add whatever they felt led to share to that group of patients. It also gave me an opportunity to really work on my listening skills as they participated. So how did you improve your listening skills specifically? In listening comprehension and language learning, it's really helpful to know the domain or topic of conversation. So you have some kind of anchor for, for understanding. So by having my language helper or fellow chaplain participate every few sentences as I went through the presentation, I already knew even the narrow context that they were going to be speaking in. So it enabled me to start picking up more easily on what they were adding or saying in a different way. 
I'm not saying that I understood every word, but because the pace of speech, of course, when you're early intermediate, it's hard to pick up on everything. But I felt like as I went, I improved gradually in my ability to process that listening language a little faster. How did you know that you were ready to launch, so to speak? I don't think I ever felt 100% confident and ready in the sense of having the project's presentation 100% polished. But I feel like in learning a language, it requires you to get out there and just use it even when you are a little afraid or you're going to make language mistakes. It was, I think, important to find a way to do the project that challenged me language-wise so that I wasn't 100% confident, but with the right level of support there too, to ensure like it didn't completely fail, like and to ensure a, a relatively good experience, even with language errors. So I felt like having that chapel in there with me, working with me really helped to ensure that it was a positive experience. I asked for feedback from that language helper, especially the first times um, making the presentation to make sure that we weren't overshooting, that it still was a, she still agreed it was a good idea to, to do it in the way that I was doing it. What kind of time commitment was involved in the project? I would go to the hospital with my language helper about two days a week for an hour each for gifts of peace. The other three days of the week, I would meet with my language helper for a normal language session. I would also go to the chaplain's office and visit with the chaplains for short periods to make sure they weren't running low on the, the gifts and just check in, see how they were going and how they were feeling about the project. So it provided a natural reason to practice house, yeah, on a regular basis. So, How did the SOAP project lead to other language learning activities? I had to use Hausa to administrate the project and to follow up with the other chaplains. Eventually, I was able to go off the compound to visit with the ladies who made the SOAP, and that was a lot of fun. It was really rewarding to be able um, to be with them and able to communicate with them in just simple Hausa. I worked with my language helper before I went to visit them to come up with an appropriate way to thank them, and I sang to them that blessing over them that I've been using in my presentation. I also asked that same group to make soaps for my financial partners back home and had some local tailors make some small bags to hold the soap. So it opened multiple opportunities as I went along to practice house And through the process, I discovered that same group that makes the soap meets every week um, to learn how to make various things from each other. And like, for example, one week they might explain how to make a cake, the next week how to knit. And so with the established like language realm or topic, I found that just that one visit with the group as they were explaining how to make a cake was actually really helpful language-wise because that realm is so well-established. And yeah, it was really a good place to be working on my listening skills, which I really needed work on. So I'm hoping I can join them more frequently going forward. Overall, Hannah, what was it like for you to do the project? I think doing something of real purpose with the language made it easier to stay motivated and learning. By having an ongoing project, it also forces you to get out there. It requires regular interactions with a variety of locals um, and house from organizing it to implementing it. So it was overall a great experience. What advice would you give a learner wanting to use a project in a similar way? Try to find language activities that you're excited about because you'll be more motivated and it'll it's going to be hard. The language part will be will have its challenges. And so find, find something you love and you enjoy. Some level of fear is normal. 
I would just say move forward through it. Don't wait until you're totally comfortable and confident to take on or to just try a project. It's okay if it even completely fails. Perfection isn't necessary. And I just encourage people not to get discouraged if they get resistance from others for any variety of reasons. Or if they have to make multiple adjustments along the way, I wouldn't view view those as failures. I would just view them as part of the process and try to keep persevering. The reward and joy of being able to have these relationships as a result of a real purposeful project um, and to communicate the gospel of peace was definitely worth it. Thanks, Hannah. Before you leave us, though, could you please give us a super-duper language blooper? As an engineer at a hospital, I ended up working on an x-ray repair, and this particular x-ray system had been attacked by mice, and so it was a total mess, lots of wires eaten through, etc. And as I was working with the, the technicians, I can't even remember which word I was misusing, but there's four words in Hausa that are very close to each other. The word for nail or screw, the word for near, the word for mouse, and the word for going through. So it just provided a humorous situation because in that context, you're talking about the mouse entered through this hole and, and you're talking about screws and nails. And so it just, they were laughing and I was laughing. They even have a tongue twister in the culture. Um, that actually uses all of those words. So at that time, they told me that, you know, tongue twister, and they were just laughing because the differences between the words aren't normal sounds that Americans even necessarily make or it, it, because it's a tonal language. It made for a funny situation. I'm probably not going to say it perfect, but the little tongue twister is kusu yakutsa kusa da kusa. And so those words are so much the same and I probably didn't get them perfect, but it just, you got to laugh when you make mistakes and I don't take them too personally. Well, thanks for telling that story on yourself, Hannah. And thanks so much for joining us today. It was so great to have you on the show. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us, everyone. And we'll see you next time.